0: Hey everyone, it's Sensei Victoria Whitfield here, your journey partner in business, welcoming you back to episode 103 of the Journeypreneur podcast. This is your source for channeled holistic stress management techniques, guidance, inspiration and motivation to stay on your path. To rapid financial ascension and massive impact as a conscious entrepreneur. So, I am super stoked and excited to get to introduce you to my good friend, Cody Laughlin. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Victoria? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you can find him at themoneytalkers.com and he's the host of the Money Talkers podcast. Cody has done. Uh, like so many different things in his career as an entrepreneur like you have tons of different businesses um, like Cody give us an idea like what is Money Talkers known for? But also, could you tell us some of the other things that you've done? My gosh.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, first of all, I want to say thank you uh, to you to host me to be on your podcast. And also, thank you to your listeners for listening. Because without them, uh, it really would be just, you, know, you and I talking. Which is fine also, because I really like doing <laughs> that. <but. laughs> True. Um, so, Money Talkers was an idea um, It kind of spanned out over a really long period of time. Um, it started when I was 19 years old. And, uh, took a quite a lot of years for me to be able to get to a position to help kids learn more about personal finance, entrepreneurship, and mindset, the things that we don't teach in school. And by doing that, I'm actually teaching parents to be able to talk to their kids about money because there's so many people out there that I think that have that taboo feeling around talking about those finances, you know, or they're talking about money in general with their kids that they lose that part of their relationship. And so I feel that like having money talks and being a money talker uh, allows you to strengthen that relationship with your kids because the lessons are gonna come about the money uh, issues that are gonna come up in their life anyway. And so you can either arm them with the information that you have or you can find somewhere to get the information that you can now share with them at the same time in like a real time learning type of step. You've only gotta be one step ahead. And then also with later in life, When they have those situations come up, because we all have them, and the longer you live, the more you realize it, that when those situations come up, they feel comfortable coming to you and getting that advice from you and feeling confident that they're not making the wrong choices or that they have someone to bounce the ideas off of. And so that was kind of really the concept behind Money Talkers, was I wanted to empower parents to be able to talk to their kids about money.
0: Right on, oh my gosh, so you've been thinking of this like since you were 19, which is apparently <laughs> last year. So tell me over like course some time like what came up in the meantime because before we hit record on this podcast, we were talking about like how? do we introduce you? Like how in the world did I come And you're like, well, I, I have a business that makes over a million a year that I'd never stepped foot in. You know, I've taken another business to over 200 million. Like what, what is, can you just run down some of that list of what's going on there, bro?
1: Yeah. So, um, one of my favorite feelings, and it took me a while to learn this though, was like, you never really fail. You either learn or you succeed. Right. And the only time that you fail, and I talk to my kids about this is like if you quit um, or you don't try. And so I have had some, you know, I've had some, I've been fortunate enough to figure out a lot of ways not to do things in business. And I've been fortunate enough to figure out a lot of ways not to handle finances, um, you know, and running into brick walls. But um, so I've actually, I've started over 13 companies, right? Three of them I would call successful. Mm -hmm. Um, each one that got to be successful was markedly more successful than the last one and took me much, much, much less time to do. Right. So I didn't, I like the last one we did, uh, I, you know, launched and we got into, uh, the million dollar plus range of first 12 months Mm -hmm. and I've never even been to it. (laughs) which people, so I run it from my house, you know, I talked to people and I set up all the things I needed to do, but I had all the things in place so that the business could have a a launch and a success right off the bat because I had already been through so many problems before. I had another company that we did over $200 million in sales. And in one year we did $51 million in sales and sold out to a publicly traded company. Mm. And, but along the way, like I had probably had over 500 to 600 employees through seven years. And So we had a lot of turnover. I had to learn how to hire. I had to learn how to make a, you know, a much stronger company um, just from, you know, uh, necessity. And so now it's very easy because it's, it's almost like, you know, if you've become a world-class chef, you know, like making a cheeseburger is super easy, (laughs) but if you don't know how to cook a cheeseburger, it's hard, right? So (laughs) you burn a lot of them. And so, You know, I just have cooked a lot of cheeseburgers, I guess would be the best I could put. (laughs) But but so, uh, so at 19 years old, I remember, I literally know the moment that I thought about doing money talkers. I didn't know how it was going to manifest into a company, um, or a movement or, you know, a podcast and the teachings, but I knew that there was something wrong with what we were teaching in our high schools, you know, and I can tell you the exact moment because I went to school, I wanted to be a marine biologist, and I happened to take a finance class my second semester in school at 19 years old, and I was sitting there, and I listened to this professor explain compound interest, and his example, and I still remember this day, was if you save $2,000 a year for 18, 19, 20, and 21, so for $8,000, he's like, you could work over the summer, work live at your parents' house, put two grand away a, a year, you'll have more money than if you put $25,000 a year away from 50 to 60. And I sat there and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm my, one of my gifts from God is, is really is, is being able to do math like extremely fast. Like I'm, I'm like a human calculator sometimes and I joke because I, it's fun for me. And, uh, and so I was sitting there and I'm like just mind blown, like looking at this thing. And I'm like, how does that make any sense? Like $8,000 is more than $250,000. How does that make sense? I don't understand. And then when I went through the math with it and I understand compound interest and I started looking into it, I I got really mad. Like, I got really, really, like, upset sitting there. Mm -hmm. And because I kept thinking about, like, man, maybe, like, 30% of the kids from my high school went to college. And, I mean, any type of college, community college, college, at least out of of high school. Um, And, you know, I was from a small town in Florida. And and, and I thought about, like, all the kids who were – not in the best neighborhoods and not having, you know, a lot of financial savvy and not knowing all these things. Like they could all be millionaires, like literally could all be millionaires for a very amount of small amount of money because of compound interest. And I'm like, they're never going to hear this. Mm. Right. All the kids that didn't take a finance class that didn't have this professor teaching this subject from my school, were never going to hear this. There was 300 kids in my graduating class. I'm like, they're never going to hear this. Like this is insane. Like I had a pottery class in high school, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, and I remember sitting like sitting there being like, "Are you kidding me?" Like I took trigonometry. Like I'm never ever ever gonna use trigonometry my whole life, but I really could have used some compound interest, right? And I really could have used some personal finance lessons, and I really could have used these things. And like, so I immediately changed my fi- my major to finance. <laughs> and uh i didn't get to be a marine biologist and uh and and then i ended up um you know i read a book called rich dad poor dad at 19 years old um and it completely changed my my view of everything um i left uh my mom would kill me if i told you but i left college with 12 credit hours left uh <laughs> she was not happy about it um, and so i went to be a mortgage broker and my I didn't. I was a finance major, and I went to a, be a mortgage broker, and they set me down and I started selling mortgages, and I didn't know what they were. <laughs> right? So epiphany number two, boom, right? Like, you know, and, and I used to joke with people, I'm like, yeah, you're a chemistry major, fine, go make plastic, and you're like, I don't know how. Like, you're not learning that in school, like you, you know what I mean? So uh, at 20, so that's 22, 23, uh, 23 years old, and then 24, um, I started my own company. I was watching these guys that were running this company, and I'm like, all right, they're not doing anything special. Like, I could do this. I, I know I'm smart enough to do this, so I'm gonna figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, my partner and I, um, I, bought, <laughs> I bought a half million dollar house with $300 in the bank. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and we started a company and on, on the most ridiculous shoestring budget you've ever seen. And like, I had five people in an office that believed in me. Uh, we only had one month's rent and mortgages take 30 days to just close. So, oh uh, and in that one month's rent uh, or in that one office with five of us working there, I only had one phone. And so we all had to like, basically like rotate and like just stand in this little like room with no chairs and
0: stuff
1: in oh <laughs> the first one. <laughs> um and it was really cool because I had, I, I had talked my way into this like amazing downtown office space this guy just like totally took pity on us because I had no idea how much an office space costs I just was like we'll just open an office and then we went to go get office space and I was like oh my gosh we don't have enough money for this <laughs> so we got this guy to take super pity on us and um we ended up with a hundred dollars left for like for to do things and I needed chairs um for the office because I had this big bullpen like I was gonna make this big cool like boiler room you know everybody's gonna be working and stuff and so, uh and we went to the office, the used office furniture store and he he rolled out. We were like, well, we got, what do you got for a uh, hundred bucks? And we thought it was gonna be like all those over there. You know, he was like, oh, uh, let me see. And like goes in the back and he like rolls out one of those like little circle chairs, you know, with like no arms and no back. And like, it's like a little like metal thing. He was like, this one's 90. I'm like one chair, dude. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so,
0: uh,
1: yeah. Um. So I ended up in Miami in a warehouse throwing chairs off the third floor, scaffolding down onto a mattress that my partner, we had uh, done rock, paper, scissors, who so had to climb it. And I got, I got 10 chairs uh, out of that for a hundred bucks. Um, they were all mixed and matched. There was like a green one and an orange one and a purple one. And, you know, they were in this super nice office with all these things. <laughs> like broken down, like you know, it, was, it ended up being really funny. Um, the way the office looked, so but long story short, I made it happen. Uh, and three years later, um, had a million dollar company, uh, in commissions, so it wasn't even like a revenue thing, it was like we had a lot of money rolling in. Mm-hmm. Had 27 employees, had four companies. Um, you know, we went from that one phone to some massive office space, and uh really honestly thought we were like God's gift to business, you know? <laughs> like like, well, we got all this figured out. This is easy, you know. Uh and so that was about twenty seven years old. Had a Condo on the beach. Basically I you know, I was I on paper, I was a millionaire, um, at twenty seven. Uh twenty eight years old, um, you know, financial crisis, crisis happened. Uh, I happen to have four companies all based in real estate, all based in South Florida. Mm. Um, and ended up about, uh, $700,000 in debt with no job, no business, <laughs> no money, no anything. Uh, and, and tax liens and foreclosures and just as probably as bad as it gets. And, uh, you know, I really had some eye opening talks at that point in my life with myself and uh and, and, I, and i had to be i had to be honest you know and it was very humbling um you know and I, and I and it was it was tough it wasn't fun um you know some of the humbling parts were like you know i had built four companies in three years at 24 years old and uh i couldn't get an interview mm. because i was in the mortgage business And so I would, they just considered me toxic and, uh, because everybody that was applying was in the mortgage business, you know? And so like at that time, especially in South Florida. And, uh, so I sat, I sat down and I, you know, I really thought what I, what I needed to learn. I was really like, man, whatever job I take next, like I got to learn, you know, because I know how to ring the bell. Like I know how to print money. I know how to make sales. I know how to generate leads. And this has been extremely helpful in my life. Um, but apparently I know absolutely nothing about business and I know nothing about personal finance. Mm. And so, um, I went down to my bank Wachovia at the time and, uh, I got four letters of recommendation and, uh, I applied for 28 jobs within 10 minutes. I had 27 rejection emails. (laughs) uh, I got, I got one phone call and, uh, the lady called me and she was like, Hey, uh, I'm just going to let you know that we're not going to hire you but I'm a roving um, recruiter and we are going to she's like I have to check this off my box I didn't have enough people to call and I was like what is this for and she's like it's for a personal banker job in Sebring Florida and like if you've ever been to Sebring Florida it's it was like the uh, Everglades you know, like, <laughs> like, you, like, you couldn't pay me to live there nonetheless, like to you know, take a job there. And I was like, well, I said, well, you, I was like, well, you have to talk to me for a little while. Right. And she was like, yeah. And I go, great. I go, because I don't want this job anyway. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, said, I said, no. I said, I want to be a commercial banker. And She laughed. And she was like, absolutely not. She was like, you have any idea like what you have to who you have to be to apply for that job? And I was like, yeah, I got to be me. And she was like, what? And she was like, "I." Got, and so I kept her on the phone for an hour and a half. And by the time I got done there, she was like, you are so overqualified for this job. And I was like, fantastic. Call the recruiter for the commercial banker job. And so she she said, well, I'm not calling her, but I'll send an email. I was like, could you just see, see me on that, please? And so she did. And so I saw the email address name and I sent, uh, I think I waited one day. And then I just started emailing her about three times a day. I was like, just oh. give me an interview, please. And she finally called me and she was like, we're not hiring you but you can have an interview. <laughs> and I go, I don't care. Just give me an interview, you know? <laughs> so I took my one suit that I had, uh, cause I was used to working in flip-flops and baggies at the beach. <laughs> so board shorts, you know? And, uh, so I took my one suit that I had and I prepared like you wouldn't believe I read all this stuff on how to interview for this position. It's called a star interview. I'll never forget it. Cause it's situation, task, action, result. <laughs> I'd never interviewed for a job before. And I'm going in for this commercial business job and I'm like, I don't know what to expect like at all, you know, and I show up and I sit down and I look around and I'm, I've am i got all this in my mindset. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wow them with all my, you know, like my knowledge. And then I sit down and these guys are wearing like Rolexes and they're in like ridiculous suits and shoes. And I mean, uh, they're all 40, 50 years old. And at this time I'm 27, you know, and I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Holy crap. Like I own like one pair of dress shoes and one crappy suit. And I'm like, cause I just swore I'd never wear one. And so I'm looking at them. And I, at this point I'm literally in foreclosure. All my companies are gone. I'm living on my credit cards. um, you know i'm i'm behind on the car uh like it's as bad as it get you know what i mean and so i go over there and i sit down and i look at these guys and i'm like oh my gosh like i got to figure out something um you know i'm like they're i'm like i can't i'm i'm not going to beat these guys like on experience you know so i completely flip my mindset and uh and i went in and i just thrashed these guys So I was like, they were like, well, what in the world makes you think you're experienced enough to be here? And I was like, because I'm not 50 years old outside interviewing for it. (laughs) And they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, do you know what I had to do to get an interview for this? I go, they all just showed up. They're just expecting to walk in here and they get hired, they don't get hired. I go, I can't let you fire me if you hire me. I was like, I don't have a choice. I was like, so I was like, you're going to find somebody who outworks every single person out there. And you're going to find somebody who has better, more creative ideas. I said, you want to see what I've done for marketing? Look at this. And I sent I slid across my 90, I had a 30 to 60, 90 day plan. I had all my marketing stuff. The lady that was the president of the bank for the state of Florida picks it up. She goes, she goes, can I have this? And I said, absolutely. I said, I already did all that. That's my, I was like, I already know how to do all that stuff. (laughs) And I left there and I called my wife and I was going to see a friend. um, And uh, like an hour North and, call my wife and she said how'd it go and I go man I did I go I honestly am probably not going to get this job and I was like they said they're going to call me in two weeks and um and I said but I will tell you this I was like I started crying and I said you know I I said I left it on the table Mm -hmm. you know I was like if I don't get that job I wasn't meant to have it I was like I did not leave anything on the field I went all in on this interview and I was like I tried to sell myself as hard as I could Long story short, they called me 45 minutes later and gave me the biggest salary on the team. <laughs> and you really want to talk about crying? That was the time that I started just losing it because I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have a there's an out to this thing," you know. So, we oh. moved to Sarasota. I became a commercial banker. Um, three months into the the job, Wacovia is failing. The banking crisis is going down, and my boss comes to me and he's like, "Hey, just so you know, you'll be the first one fired." I'm like, "What do you mean fired?" He's like, well, there's 14 of us. He goes, he goes 14. You guys, he goes, no way we have 14 people a year from now. I'm like, why am I getting fired? You know? And he's like, well, you're the youngest. You're the last one in and you negotiate the highest salary. I was like, I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> Cause I, <laughs> I actually dumbed into the salary thing. And so I'm like, I'm like, you can't fire me, man. Like I don't have a choice. Like you don't understand my situation. Like I can't be fired. So he goes then make yourself indispensable. And I said, how do I do that? And he goes, You'd better outproduce and outwork not just one person on that team, every single person on that team. You better do it twofold because then they, I, they won't be able to let me fire you. He goes, and I, I love this guy. This guy became one of my best mentors, just mindset people I've ever met in my life without even really trying. It just, the stuff he said sunk into me so hard. And I was like, okay. So I was pushing out 30, 40 appointments a week. These guys were hitting it two to four. And I mean I was making 100 150 phone calls a day. They were making probably 30 a week, you know. And uh long story short, a year later, uh there were six people on the team and I was one of them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh a year after that, I became the I, and I was the youngest business broker in the area and I had no and I was moving into a new city, so I didn't have any, you know, I had no connections. And uh along, and then a year later I became that was I led the state in loans, new loans and then um I had there's a really bad tax story in the middle of that. <laughs> if you want to hear that, that was that was pretty, uh, I was, a, it was probably goes into the part where you're talking about where you want to hang it up.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> there was a part of my life that, uh, there was a part where, um, so I hadn't paid taxes. I didn't even file any for like, I, I, was, I had, a, I went to the accountant when I finally got like a paycheck. Cause I didn't have any money to pay a, an accountant to do any of this stuff. And I was the guy who like, I always had like the next big commission coming. So I always knew, like, I knew I had to pay these taxes and then, but I didn't know how bad it was. And I had these massive commissions online that I was going to have, you know, I don't mean like online, like on the internet, I mean like up next coming down, like I had a $54 million building I was supposed to be closing on and uh, with the, with the loan. And then I had all the loans going back out. And so I had all this stuff lined up when the, when the rug got pulled out for under me when Bear Stearns went down, it killed my deal a week before it closed and I was supposed to make like a million dollars. So I was dealing with all this stuff, you know, and like, so I didn't file anything. I had all these companies. I had my personals and I knew I owed money. So I was like, I don't want to, I just put my, put my head on the pillow and like, just not, you know, just <laughs> it'll go away, you know? And so, and I didn't know how to do it. And I had a big shoebox of bank statements and that's all I had, you know, and like Amex bills. And so, <laughs> um, I anyway, know I found an accountant and I'm like, look, man, like, I really need somebody to help me bad. And he was like, well, it's six. So he's like, with this amount of work, he's like, you gotta be crazy. He's like, I can't do this for less than like $750 a tax return. He's like, you, I was like, I have to recreate all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I have like a couple hundred bucks, dude. And he was like, just looks at me and I said, let me make a deal. he goes, what do you mean you're a banker? I go, I go, I promise you, I will make you 10 times what you would charge me to do these tax returns. And he was like, what do you mean? I go, I'm a banker and I go into 40 businesses a week. They all need accountants. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I was like, I promise you, you don't know me. I was like, but I am a referral machine. When I find somebody that helps me out to take care of me or does good work. I was like, I've made people boatloads of money in my life and never asked for a penny of it. And he was like, all right, I'll do it. And I talked him into it. (laughs) And I came to his office about a month later and he said, sit down. And I was like, oh man, I mean, my heart was going through my head, my chest. Like I I had no idea, you know, what was going to happen. And he looks at me and he says, you owe the IRS $27,000. And I stood up quiet. I must've been pale as it goes. And I walked over and I grabbed him and I'm, I'm about six, 225 pounds. You know, he may have been five, six, like a buck 40. And I like bear hugged him. Oh, <laughs> and I, started, <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, and this is crazy, i started crying again, and I'm like, and I'm not somebody who cries, so there's, like, you're getting, like, the best of the stories, so, um, and he was like, it it is, I remember his words, he looks, he goes, uh, he goes, did you, he goes, are you happy or sad? (laughs) 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 He couldn't tell, and so, uh, and I was like, you have no idea how happy I am, he was like, okay, good, (laughs) because I'm just, like, holding him, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and I called my wife and I was like on fire because I was like, dude, I can do 27 grand. I can figure this out. Like I can figure, there's a way out. Like, I just felt like the world was just like lifted off of me and I was on fire for like a month. And I mean, just bouncing off the walls, like closing business, like just, you know, I mean, I was just, I mean, it was like someone had literally like unshackled me and I was like, Oh, I felt back. I mean, cause I'd felt this for two years, you know, like I knew it was there. It was just, it was always in the back of my mind. And so I sent all this stuff off and about a month later, I open up my mailbox and it's just crammed full. And I don't know if you've ever gotten a letter from the IRS, but they have these big old windows on them and it just says internal revenue service. Right. They're just ugly, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, so I pull the stack out and it's just all of those. And I start opening them and I'm like, I get done. And I don't know the IRS $27,000. I owe the IRS $98,000. And I'm like, how in the world? And they're like, it's penalties and interest. I'm like, Mm. i'm like 27 and 98 like are you kidding i mean i just crushed me you know because i was like i and then i, I talked to them and they wanted something like 1500 dollars a month for seven years or something and i'm like i can't do this you know because i was still i couldn't figure it out and um i mean i i just got it was it was just like one of the most humbling experiences like that was when i wanted to quit like i just i didn't want to do anything I didn't want to be my banker anymore. I didn't want to own businesses. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to crawl away and like I didn't I was like, man i'm, I'm I just got out of all this stuff. like it was just such a you know a, a, a kick in the in the knees, you know and uh and I did what I do, and I got mad at myself and and then I got determined uh that I was never ever going to be in that situation again. And I did also, I determined that I stuck myself in the situation and it was my fault. And so the only person I was going to get it out of it was me. And uh, and I came up with a game plan and I said, you know, I, I had just learned about FIRE, which is financially independent, retire early, because I was reading stuff about that. Because I was like, oh, I only owe 27 grand. Like, I'm going to figure out what to do with all my money. You know, I didn't have any, but I was like, you know, <laughs> daydreaming. And so I found out about FIRE and I said, you know what, in 10 years from now, I'm going to be... I'm going to be fire. And I owed, I was $170,000, $180,000 in debt. They'd finally taken my condo through foreclosure and all that stuff. And so um, my old business partner filed bankruptcy. They wiped it all out because that's how, that's how bad in debt we were. Um, All of it, tax liens and everything. He had the same thing I did. Wow. And so, um, but I determined, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to pay my stuff and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to learn my lesson. And I did. And I, so I set out and I set out a 10 year plan. And I said, I'm going to be fired in 10 years. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I am going to do it. And so I dove extremely hard into personal finance. I dove extremely hard into side hustling and what to do with money and budgeting and um, all those things. And meanwhile, you know, me and my wife were trying to plan, plan a family at the same time. So, you know, I know I got babies on the way probably soon and I know they're not cheap and I better figure, figure things out. And what had happened was because I had because I had that entrepreneurial side of me that had done these things, I was in a wonderful, wonderful job as a commercial banker in Sarasota. I loved it. Um, but an opportunity came up to come and move to somewhere I didn't want to move to <laughs> originally, uh, which is Ocala, Florida, which is in the middle of the state. There's no water. I love the beach. Like it's just, it was, they call it slow Cala. Cause it was just like, you know, it's really slow here, you know? And so, <laughs> uh, but I had an opportunity to come work for a dealership, uh, an RV dealership. And I, um, I had never been in one. And, uh, so I said, okay, and because he said, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, you know, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, um, he's like, I got to find somebody to to lead this to. And I went up and I did my thing with my financials and I did my thing with my internet leads and I did my thing with all that stuff. And, uh, and then I ended up taking over the finance department and I ended up uh, buying the dealership out um, and for somebody who swore they'd never be in debt before went into <laughs> millions and millions and millions of dollars of debt uh, to buy this dealership Ooh. and then I got a real lesson in working um, so I spent the next seven years working 60 to 70 hours a week um, had two kids uh, basically I committed myself to, I was either at work or with my kids and so I cut up myself off from all friends and everything else. I mean, I, I went to work, you know, I, but I had to, and, uh, this was my, this was my out. I didn't know what it was going to be, but this was my out and I knew it. And so I knew that if I got this business to where it needed to be, I could sell it. And then, uh, and then I would, I would get to where I wanted to be. And so I started um, trying to invest in property and, uh, and I started building things up and company came in to buy us a couple of different times, private equity, publicly traded companies. Um, you know, different sources. And we went through that for about two years. Um, Meanwhile, I did more um, like business strategy training than you probably ever could. That's all I did was I I stopped listening to the radio and I just, all I did was listen to audible and all I did was try to read books. And all I did was try to teach all this stuff too, because I really believe that you can't just learn things. You need to teach it Mm -hmm. to solidify it inside of you Um, because you can't be a hypocrite once you teach somebody. Right. So once you teach them the lesson, if you don't do the lesson, then your credibility and your shame goes inside and it hurts. So you don't, you can't do that. Right. And so started doing all that. And uh, we had an offer and it fell through and I just, I needed to be done. You know, I couldn't, I could, I was burnt, but I was able to keep my wife at home with my kids, which was extremely important to me. So I kind of felt like I was working both of our jobs. Um, She took care of the household and the kids and they, learned and taught them and all that stuff and i took care of the getting the money in the door and taking care of cleaning up the finances i paid every single thing off i got completely debt-free except for these millions of dollars with the business um and then uh and we ended up getting bought out and uh it was an extreme blessing i went to work for them i had a job for uh i i had a i had an unbelievable uh, vice president job it was a dream job for me um uh, if you would offer it to me any other time in my life uh, but i had a calling to go do something else and um and i wanted to i knew that i was only going to be cool to my kids for so many years and i spent so much time you know like i never got to pick them up from school i never got to take them to school i never got to do just basic day-to-day stuff and um and so i decided one day and i just walked in and quit <laughs> and i just quit this dream job and. uh and then a year later, uh, here I am. I'm doing a podcast, trying to teach kids about money.
0: Oh my gosh, Cody, you are my freaking hero! But
1: <laughs> like you are a superhero.
0: All the stuff that you've been able to do and to create, and like, wow, you're like, oh man, you're like a machine. But at the same time, that's not true because you're a human being.
1: Yeah. And- yeah. No, and it's, I mean, you know. um, a lot of it just come from like identifying what I wanted and, uh, and we all do that. We all know, you know, I think we all know. I think we have an, at least an idea of, of things that we want in mm-hmm. our life and then just being diligent enough to make a plan to do it, you know. We all know the little catchy phrases like, you know, a, a dream, you know, what is it, a, um, a goal without a plan is a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not false. You know, my favorite thing, and I have this inscribed and I've, I've actually had several of my friends give it to me was, um, is, is Henry Ford. And he said, um, you cannot build your reputation on what you're going to do. Mm. Right. And so we're all going to do these things. You either do them or don't. Right. And so, uh, when I started to do these things, I really wanted to be home. And so now, like, honestly, I, I have three companies and if you saw my work schedule like quote-unquote work schedule you'd be like what do you do Do you even do anything like I literally have like worked it all to be so efficient that I work it from a cell phone I go like last summer I spent all summer in the pool with my kids it was it was like the greatest like kid summer of my life since being a kid like I was literally like you know water guns and we went and bought like slip and slides whenever we wanted to you know we we just did like crazy kid stuff like if I want to go to the beach for three days I can just go like it's just you know, but it, it didn't, it came from a plan. It wasn't just something I dumbed into or, you know what I mean? Like I have residual income that comes in that covers my bills. I became fire. So I technically retired at 39. I hit my goal. I have, I, I probably do more than I sound like I'm doing. But it, if you really like saw how fast and quick I do the things, I don't worry about little stuff anymore. Like I really just have, that was one of the things that like got me to be able to do what I do now is that I just stopped worrying about little things. And I, I hit one major thing that I know will push either my business forward or my life forward. And I, I, I hit that one thing. And if I do anything else the rest of the day, it's just bonus.
0: Mm.
1: Right. So it may take half an hour. It may take two hours. But that one thing that I do will have more impact than the 12 hours I used to sit at a desk. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I was doing busy work and this and that and paperwork and blah, blah, blah. You know, what I mean, I was just doing stuff that didn't have impact. And so now I just kind of think about it for a little while. I determine what, you know, what I think would have the biggest impact and I go do that. And then once I'm done with that, I don't care if I do anything else for the rest of the day. And by doing that, it's allowed me to just open up my time. And now what I want to do is I want to have an impact because I originally started Money Talkers out as the trillionaire movement. And I had to change it because for one, I don't know how to spell trillionaire. Um, but to, like I was like, I can't keep typing this into the browser and then having to autocorrect. So, uh, but two, like the, the the name of the trillionaire movement became was because a million times a million is a trillion, right? And so I wanted to help a million kids learn these small concepts to become a millionaire. And uh, but I I was thinking about it, and I also as I was researching and meeting people and just kind of throwing this idea out to anybody I could talk to, um, almost everyone told me like, yeah, well my parents never talked to me about money. And I thought, man, that's pretty sad. Like I I realized that my parents didn't talk to me about like certain parts of money. Like they didn't talk, I didn't do like, like budgeting and I don't know. I was 24 years old with two companies and my, and my car got wrecked. My wife, my mom was like, you have to go get car insurance. I'm like, how do you do that?
0: Mm -hmm. you know, like
1: (laughs) just, you know, and I'm like, how do I even get car insurance? You know? And so, um, and I realized, I'm like, you're going to get your information from your surroundings when you need it, not when you need to know the information ahead of time so that you get good information. And then, you know, you, you make massive changes and and people don't realize that like small things like interest rates and small dips in credit scores and those kinds of things literally add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I thought in my head, I'm like, well, I don't want to just try to teach kids compound interest. I want to teach parents how to teach their kids compound interest and have, and, and put that relationship together. Like I, I found it to me was, my parents talked to me a lot about entrepreneurship. You know, my dad was kind of in the same thing Like he was, he was always moving to thing to thing. Like he wanted to try different stuff. And you know, he had like a main job, but he was, I, I guess he was a side hustle King Why before like, you know, before that was really like a term, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and so I mean, my mom became a really successful entrepreneur and, uh, from a housewife, you know, she was like, I never, she's like, I don't, I don't work. And then all of a sudden she started a business and then it took off. And then it's so saying for the rest of her life. And like, she ended up selling it later in her life before she passed away. And like, um, so I had that in me. So when I went to go be an entrepreneur, like at 23 years old, 24 years old, like I wasn't scared right? And I could call them and ask them stuff, you know I mean? I could call my mom, you know, and like, Hey, what do I do this? How do I do this? And she would tell me.
0: Mm -hmm. And so I realized
1: like, if you don't have that, like you don't have that open relationship to ask those questions, like that's a severe disadvantage, you know? And so if I can do this to where I can help parents take small lessons and go open those doors with their kids, like that's not just going to impact like whether I can make a million kids a millionaire, right? It's also going to impact like those families to be able to talk about those things. And I'm a big believer in that if you know something and you train it, it solidifies in you. Right. And so it's not only going to impact those kids, it's going to impact those parents because they're not going to be able to teach, you know, what it was the old saying, like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. 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 That one hurts. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and so I figured out that like, that, that's where I want to have that impact because I think it's a, I think it's a multiplier.
0: Absolutely. I really feel what you're creating, like this, like I feel this really big, beautiful circle in, in all of what you just shared, Cody, from like that inspiration of discovering compound interest to now your number one focus is compound impact.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> a great term. Yeah. Feel that.
0: There you go. That's yours. I'm throwing it to you like through the internet, brother. Oh my gosh, because it's um uh, just this conversation, like you telling your story right now, um, to our listeners here, right? And that's going to open up conversations and inspire teaching, right? Not only in the person who's listening, but then in all the people that's around them, and then it continues to ripple out from there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you,
1: you know, we met through it. We met through a coaching group, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, and the biggest impact for me that I felt in that coaching group was just being able to be like, wow, I can just talk to you guys about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to have anybody to talk to you about this stuff, you know, and like, I'm going to drive my wife nuts because I'm just going to be like, oh, let me tell you about the internet marketing, blah, blah, blah. you know, she's like, ah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know so like I had, I had, a group, I had to join up with my other crazies out there that are doing this thing and trying to do this impact thing on the internet and do it and, you know, and reaching out and have this calling. And, uh, but it's the same thing though. Like I find that the people that I talk to, my friends that I've spent, you know, lifetimes with that I talk to about money, like we, we impact each other mm-hmm. and it becomes, uh, you know, uh, it becomes a, a, a multiplier and we have someone to bounce these things off of and they've been the most successful friends I've had, you know, the ones that are willing to talk about this stuff with me. And so I found that like, I just really felt that this was you know, it it can have a, it can have an impact, uh, out there. Now I will tell you this. I can walk into a business any day of the week and I have to actually turn this off when I walk into businesses because I want to help them and correct things. But I know how it's supposed to run a lot of times because I've, I've failed at it so many times that I want to help people. And, uh, um, but I, I, I'm out on a ledge trying to learn how to do a movement or how to, how to, how to teach impact and these kinds of things. So I am just, uh, I am in, I think taking my own advice and trial by fire and, uh, I may do it right. I may do some things wrong, but I will, uh, I will, I will not fail. I will, uh, I won't quit. And so, um, you know, this, this will, this will come out the way it is because it has, it has to be done. Someone has to teach these things. Someone has to help our, our kids. Um, because what's going to happen is that when they're not in the hole that we get into, um, and then, and especially, you know, forbid, I hope they don't ever get in the hole that I was in, um, that they can make decisions from a position of strength about their life and about the things that they want to do in the world. And when you're not worried about money and you have a, sol- a solid base and you have a, um, you know, it's like building a house on a, on a really good, um you know concrete hardcore slab right like if that thing's on sand like you got to make a lot of different decisions but if you have it's a fortress like it's a lot easier and so if you're not worried about money you can make decisions one as business owners that are the right decisions of things to do two as a family you can make the decisions that you have the opportunities to help and to do those things you can be charitable um you know, and you can you cannot you can go out and do jobs and and take the time to do things that have impact. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's not only just like the financial side of it that it's going to help, but if they don't have that chain you know tied to their leg and they're not making decisions uh, out of you know where how are we going to pay the light bill, um, mm-hmm. then they're going to be able to make much better decisions, and I think the world becomes a better place.
0: One hundred percent. A hundred percent, Cody, brother. Oh my gosh. You and I both know that like we could sit and talk all day because it's <laughs> only the tip of the iceberg. I'm like, I'm full of inspiration. Like I'm, I'm trying to hold back. <laughs> oh my gosh. So
1: that was question number one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, uh, you know what? would you be open to coming back?
1: Yeah, I love talking to you. uh, You know that. I would talk to you whether we were recording or not.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. So here's the thing. For where we're leaving off today, let's put it that way. Where can somebody get involved? Because I know when I listen to your podcast, dude, I learn a ton. You're like, okay, this is what you teach your kids. And I'm like, I never learned. <laughs> the heck, in the best way possible.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah.
0: super inspiring. So what? Where are we going to celebrate you? Where can we join the movement and support this vision?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, and I appreciate you asking that and saying those kind of things. Um, so there's the, the Money Talkers podcast. It's um, on any other kind of format that you can find podcast, but Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, um, and that's a really good place because. I do an interview in there called a high impact interview. And I, what I, what I really want that to be able to do is that you be able to listen to something and then take that lesson and then go teach it right then. Mm-hmm. And so they're short or 10 minutes, you know, 12 minutes, something like that. And then the lessons 10 to 12 minutes, but that way I wanted to find a way you could have an impact with kids. And so I figured that if you had 52 high impact talks with your kids around all kinds of things, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about mindset, we talk about, um, you know, literally personal finance and, uh, and you could go do that, that will strengthen that relationship. And that's that money talk that you need to have. And so the Money Talkers podcast will be definitely one place to go. Um, if you want to grow, join up with the group, there's a Facebook group. Just go to the search bar, type in Money Talkers. Uh, it'll come up Money Talkers for kids who want successful children, um, but it's for everybody. And so you can join in with the uh, Money Talkers uh, Facebook group there. It's open to everybody. And then uh, you can also go to the themoneytalkers.com if you want to join up on the mailing list and and get the newest releases. I'm going to be launching out um, a lot of training programs um, for our follow along, that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, how to write a business plan with your kids, how to teach them about credit, um, how to teach them about compound interest, so things that like you don't need to be a financial guru to teach finance to your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one thing I want people to know is that you, you already have so much knowledge inside of you, even if you did it wrong, you know the wrong way to do it. So you, the, the lessons are going to come for your kids. You can either, you know, have them help them study before the test comes or just throw them out to the test and see how it goes. Cause I know <laughs> how it worked for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And I just from the bottom of my heart, Cody, I want to thank you for um, not just coming here today and sharing your story, but having the courage to to share your information. I know that it takes a tremendous investment of time, money, energy, sweat and soul. <laughs> um, and I just want to honor you. Um, uh, thank you so generously no
1: that's that's amazing this is uh it, it's something that i just feel it needs to be done and so when i know what the outcome can be the work is very minimal
0: mm-hmm. right on yay awesome oh so with that i want to turn it over to our listeners by the way if this is your First Journeypreneur podcast welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you're listening in Podbean, Google, wherever you're at. Um and there make sure you leave us a five-star review. You can leave a note in there this is episode 103 what was the one biggest nugget of your takeaway from Cody sharing his story and his journey as an entrepreneur, right? So with that being said, um For everyone listening in, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your support, for your reviews, for your referrals, and for your inspiration. Um, It's lifting you up that gives me so much energy and joy. And with that, at the end of every episode, I end it the same way. Please remember to enjoy the journey. Do not lose your glow as you grow in life and business. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Bye. Bye,
1: everybody. (laughs)